Greetings, NWHL fans, and welcome. Welcome. This is the first episode of the NWHL's official podcast, The Fifth Star Podcast, and I am your host, Moose Daniels. Glad you could join us. We are going to be joined today by Megan Bozick of the Isabel Cup champion, Buffalo Buttes. But before we get to her, I just want to talk about that for a little bit. The Isabel Cup champion, Buffalo Buttes. It's been over a week since the upset occurred and the Buffalo Buttes defeated the Boston Pride 3-2 in the Isabel Cup final at UMass Lowell, and my mind is still blown. And I dare anyone to come up with an upset of larger proportions in a championship and featuring a performance like that of Brian McLaughlin's. I dare you. I've thought about it. I've thought about it a lot, and I've got notes. I've got notes here to make a point, because that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a point, and we're going to talk about it. You can tweet me your responses or questions at the Moose Daniels on Twitter or moose at nwhlhq.com for email. I look forward to hearing from all of you. Here is my case for the Buffalo Buttes. During the regular season, the Buffalo Buttes went 0-4-1 against the Pride and were shut out once. They allowed 21 goals, 21 goals, and scored only four. They scored almost as many goals as they had in five games in the Isabel Cup final. Let's get to Brianne McLaughlin. During the regular season, she posted a record of 2-8-1. Who in their right mind starts a goaltender who is 2-8-1 in the regular season against easily the best professional women's hockey team in the world? Who does that? What, what was Rick Sealing thinking? Craig Muni, what were you thinking? You're geniuses. <laughs> somehow. Somehow you're geniuses. You did it. Anyway, she faced 338 shots on goal over the regular season, around 30 shots per game. Her goals against average during the regular season, 3.47. Her save percentage, 0.896. Okay, Isabel Cup Final, 62 shots on goal, 60 saves. Let's rearrange that 8-9-6. It's a 9-6-8 save percentage in the Isabel Cup Final for Brianna McLaughlin. The team was shot outshot, 62-15. to 15. There's nothing that compares on a real scale to this kind of performance. This is unheard of. It is out of this world. The most recent performance is probably that of Christers, Christers Gustavitz. I'm never going to say that right. Christers Gustavitz now plays for the Tampa Bay Lightning, actually Syracuse Crunch. He is the starter for the Syracuse Crunch in the AHL. He played for Latvia 
in a game against Canada in the 2014 Olympics in the quarterfinals. He faced 57 shots and only allowed two goals. But his team lost. So it's it's a comparable performance by a goaltender, but not a win and not in a championship. Then we look back a little bit further. 1971 Ken Dryden's performance. Unbelievable. He was it was his rookie year. 1971 came and played for the Montreal Canadiens. He had to face Bobby Orr and the Boston Bruins in the Eastern Conference final and then Bobby Hull and the Blackhawks in the Stanley Cup final. He ended up winning on Smythe for his performance, which was legendary. But he didn't face 62 shots in any of those games. His team wasn't outshot 4-1 to one in any of those games. Closest he came was in the finals in game one. Game one, he faced 58 shots and he lost in overtime. So it took overtime to get to that shot total. Okay, so we're going to get into the controversial bit now. We're going to compare, and I know, that before I do this, the Miracle on Ice, all right? The Miracle on Ice, on a scale outside of hockey, was far more important and meant a lot more. There was a lot of political background to the game. The United States, we've all seen Miracle, okay? We've all seen the movie. We've all seen the documentaries. Miracle on Ice stands alone as one of the most important hockey games or sporting events in the United States ever, okay? I will say that. But that being said, in the game itself, going into the game, the Soviets had outscored in games leading up to the Olympics the United States 28 to 7. Okay? The the ratio of goals for to goals against for the Boston Pride against the Buffalo Buttes was four and a half to one. All right? So they were greater underdogs going into the game than the U.S. were against the Soviets. And not only that, but Jim Craig made 36 saves on 39 shots, allowed three goals. And if you compare that, just sheerly on statistics, compare it to Brian McLaughlin's 60, 60 saves on 62 shots. Sheerly on the numbers alone, the upset was greater. And that's all I'm talking about, okay? So if you message me at the Moose Daniels or email me at moose at nwhlhq.com, I don't want to hear about how amazing the Miracle on Ice was and how there never will be another one. I agree. I agree, okay? But sheer upset value, sheer goaltending performance. The Buffalo Buttes in the Isabel Cup final was miraculous. Full stop. Moving on. One last thing before we get to the interview with Megan Bozik. Handlegate. What happened to Isabel's handles? I don't know. Or do I? I want to hear your theories. 
I've seen some good ones out there. But when it comes down to it, I don't think the uh, NWHL thinks that you can handle the truth. How do you feel about that? Tell me. Tweet at me. You know my handle by now. I'll throw it down at the end of the show again if you missed it. Okay. Coming on now, Megan Bozick of the Buffalo Buttes. How are you, Megan? Hi, thanks for having me. Okay, Megan, take us back to the beginning of this season. Okay, Boston Pride are stacked. They were stacked last season. They're stacked this season. How much did that weigh on your minds going to the finals, playing the Boston Pride, who had defeated you last year? How did that affect your performance in the final? Yeah, um, seeing with how last season ended with us losing in the final to Boston, um, we knew that we wanted revenge. And obviously you can see with Boston's roster that um, they have some some very talented players, but uh, the other rosters with Connecticut and New, New York weren't far behind. So we knew there was a lot of competition um, and all of the games were going to be battles for 60 minutes. So uh, just knowing for for the people that were in the league last year and, and the girls that weren't, just a constant reminder that with only one game, usually on the weekend, um, we have to give it our all. We're not saving not saving our energy for, for anything. And uh, we ran into a few lapses just with players traveling um, for jobs, living out of state, but we made the most of every game. And I don't think the record really, really showed how much work we did. We did put into the season, but with the game in Connecticut a few weekends ago, that was a must win. We scored a late goal to, to win that game by Cheyenne Darkangelo. Um, I really think we use that momentum going into going into playoffs and, and beating New York and then um, finally beating finally beating Boston because the last time we had faced Boston, I believe we lost seven to nothing. What was that like winning in the finals after Boston had your number all season? You guys couldn't get it done against these guys. You couldn't get it done in the championships. What was it like to get it done finally in the finals against Boston? Yeah, I think it's I think it's a big relief just proving to ourselves that if we come prepared, if we if we come ready, that anything can happen. So we were the major underdogs, which rightfully so we we should be with the amount of depth that they have on their roster. But uh, Buffalo, we're a gritty team. We'll battle hard in those corners. We'll go for loose pucks. Um, and our goal for the beginning of the game was to to score first and early. So. I think that first goal and then Emily Janiga's goal to put us up two to nothing really set the stage for, for us where we couldn't get comfortable, but um, if they were to capitalize on a mistake, we were still in the driver's seat. And, and you did it with your patented Bose blast. The, the whole book, bo- the, the whole <laughs> Bose blast thing. Where did that come from? Did you, did you come up with that or? No, no, I did not. I have no idea where it came from, but I just had, Stumbled upon it on Twitter, so um, it's it's pretty funny that it's become become something. But um, again, just going back to that shot, I was looking to to put that puck deep, um, maybe create a rebound if I had players crashing the net. But again, to take an early lead on such a talented team was something that we really focused on doing. It was a perfect shot. It was off. It was off the post <laughs> and in, just over the pad, below the glove. 
you can't you can't aim a shot better than that. And that was your dump and chase. <laughs> well, the initial thought was to put it on the goalie to make to see if any of the other players, if they weren't getting a change, if they were going hard into hard into the zone. But um, sometimes you just have to close your eyes and shoot and hope <laughs> that it goes in. And that was one of those moments. Just cl- close your eyes and put up a prayer. I love it. Yeah. So. This Bose Blast thing, do, have you embraced it? Do you hear about it in the locker room? Do you scream Bose Blast before you let a shot rip in practice ever? Well, personally, I've never said it, but some of the girls on the team have. It's, it's pretty funny. And then also another one was the Bose braid because uh, I like to wear my hair sometimes. Mm-hmm. But my official braider, Annie Schlepper, this season ended up retiring, so... I, I had to do something different. Who who's no no nobody um, stepped in to braid your hair? Well, I, I asked and Emily Falzer did for the semifinal game and I really liked it, but then I just kind of was focused in my own element on on Sunday, so I just threw up a messy bun and, and hoped for the best. I, I think it worked. Are you gonna change your tradition? Yeah. Oh, uh, it depends how I feel on that day. I really like the braids. There's not Sorry, there's not that much hair on my neck, but I I don't know. I think uh, I think it really just depends how I feel that day. That's fair. That's fair. Let Let's go back. Let's take it back to the All Star game. Okay, uh, last season, 88 miles an hour, Bose Blast. The Bose Blast is born, and this year, uh, nobody cracked your record. You still hold the record at 88, but Blake Bolden came in and uh, cracked down at 87. So what what was said? There's there's a picture taken of you and Blake, and you're both on a knee, and you're discussing something. Um, <laughs> was, was that sort of you passing the torch, saying, "You have it now, run with it." Well, she offered me money to let her win, so I was, <laughs> I was going to receive that money. Oh, so it was um, a negotiation. No, she uh, even last year I. I put in a vote of her winning the hardest shot. Um, she kind of flies under the radar, but she takes tons of shots during the game. Um, and I definitely don't want to block one of them. And I've known Blake for a long time. We, we've been friends for a while here. So just uh, hearing that she had one, I was, I was nothing but excited for her. So I'm not really what was said in that moment. Um, probably a sarcastic comment, but <laughs> I'm, I'm happy for her. She has, she has a very, very hard slap shot from that blue line. Yeah, she really does have a clap bomb back there. So you've won national championship in college, uh, medals in the Olympics, multiple world championships. Where does the Isabel Cup rank for you in your list of accomplishments? Oh, it's such it's such a different experience. I can I can think back, and I've been really fortunate to be on some great teams, and I won two national championships at Minnesota. Um, but you learn to appreciate them all, um, honestly, just the same because you're representing either your school, your country, your, your professional team that everyone's special in their own way. So knowing that we won and we brought, we brought some victory back to Buffalo is, is really enlightening because like already when we got back, we got honored at the Buffalo Sabres game on, on Tuesday. So I'm just having the city recognize us and 
and take part in, in being our fans for the year, it, it really is special and something that I'll never forget. That's amazing. So it being part of a Buffalo championship and Buffalo has been, uh, let, let's say unlucky in, in recent years, bringing championships back. How, how many, how, how's the reaction been from people of Buffalo? Have they reached out to you and said, thank you. Um, I I've heard of a couple, uh, sports people just kind of like a sigh of relief that Buffalo finally has a championship. I know a team in Rochester had won, but not Buffalo. So what has that been like? What's that reception been like in Buffalo for you? Yeah. Um, a lot of, uh, social media. Thank you. either on Twitter, or Instagram, but, um, just knowing that, that the city does care and the city does recognize, does recognize us, um, is a great feeling for us. So, um, I know the mayor has reached out and we get to throw an opening pitch at a semi-pro baseball game and um, just, just little sorts of that. It makes it really exciting. And I think um, we've had a great fan base in Buffalo and I think this will only help because we're proving to to future generations from now that, that there is something more to look forward to. If you, if you do have the privilege of playing in college. Nice. So you were number nine. Where, where does where does that number nine come from? What motivated that? Is that a Gordie Howe sort of thing? So to be completely honest, I wore nineteen my whole life, and ah. I had nineteen all four years at Minnesota because Gigi Marvin graduated the year before I came in. So I kept nineteen, and then when I became a member of the national team, she had number nineteen. So I took number nine and I love it now I love uh I love the number I uh I don't think I'd actually go back to yes I've embraced it I don't think I'd ever go back to 19 which um what inspired number 19 was it Steve Eiserman no my brother oh my brother had number 19 and one of my brothers did and I just wanted to be exactly like him so if he had number 19, I was wearing number 19. How, how many brothers did you have? What kind of uh, hockey family did you grow up in? I have two older brothers um, who both played who both played hockey. So um, there was a lot of knee hockey going on in the living room, a lot of holes in the walls, um, tears every day from them. From them, not trying, you. Trying to beat me up. Ah. Um, yeah, it was it was rough, but no, they're uh, two of my best friends and, and two of my biggest fans. So I think all the the little memories made with them and me wanting to be just like them really helped me in the long run. So if I asked them for their version of this, who would they say the tears were coming from? Well, <laughs> they would definitely say the tears were coming from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that's how siblings work. I would try to cry before they even hurt me, so then my parents would step in. Oh, you cried wolf before it actually happened. Oh, it was a preemptive strike. I get it. Yeah, Yeah, that's a savvy move. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm going to talk about the handles. All right. Oh, okay. All right. Um. So there, there's a little bit of a conspiracy ring going around the NWHL right now um, about the lack of handles. I don't know if you're allowed to say anything about it. Um, NWHL hasn't released a statement on it. Um, 
can you confirm that there are no handles on the Isabel Cup? I can confirm that there are no handles on the Isabel Cup, but what I think is really cool about that is every year, hopefully there's something different with the cup because then you own that cup for the year and you will you will cherish those memories forever going in history as, as a champion of the NWHL. So I'm excited to see uh, whoever may win the cup next year, what new look that what new look Isabel will come out with? Yeah, I mean, it, it'll have your name on it. That'll be something new about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. That's pretty amazing. Absolutely. Uh, Corinne Bowie will be on there twice. Uh, mm-hmm. Craig Muni will be the first to have his name on the Stanley Cup and Isabel Cup. Casual. Yeah, super cash. But <laughs> I, I, I always thought it would be it's interesting because there, there's such an evolution, uh, specifically of hockey trophies, um, if you look at the Stanley Cup, it, it started off as just the bowl, a little punch bowl. Yeah. And it's grown. And nobody had a plan for how it would grow, but it did. Um, Isabel Cup, first season had handles, second season it doesn't because that's just the natural evolution of it. And I think it kind of yeah. it will grow with the game. Absolutely. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't agree more. And, and props to Kareem Bowie for – for choosing to come to the right team this year, I'm excited <laughs> what team she transfers to next year. But uh, you think she's going to try to go for four? We'll see. I think I think she is. So, um, yeah. But her her goal in the championship game actually made Sports Center top ten. I think it came in at number three. So yeah, um, that's that's amazing. Yeah, an unbelievable goal. That was just an unbelievable game. What what would what would you have to say? Could you sum up in words or compare um, Brian McLaughlin's per- performance in that game to anything no. in recent history? No, you literally cannot because the way she played, and I've played with her for quite a few years, I've never seen anything like that in my in my twenty plus years of playing. I've legitimately never seen someone perform like she did. And it was funny because we were talking to her after the game and she goes, when they scored that second goal, I started to cry a little bit because I knew we had won. And I was like, what do you mean? Like they scored the second goal. So like, they just need one more goal to tie it up. She goes, no, there was 4.7 seconds left. They scored. And now the faceoff moves away from me. She's like, I knew we had that championship at that moment. And I was like, that's incredible. So just how she prepared, performed, and and ultimately prevailed as a champion and to, to go down in history for having over 60 shots um, in becoming a champion with Buffalo to, to retire on that is, is amazing. There, there are some, and I won't speak for myself, but there are some who compare this Buffalo victory over Boston to a sort of miracle on ice kind of event. And, (laughs) and I mean, I know you're comparing apples and oranges. It's the Olympics, it's the Soviets, it's the United States. And there's a lot of um, political um, background to that game, but the, the sheer uh, favorite Boston pride, the, 
um, ability for Buffalo to step up as underdogs, as you said, to win that game. I think there, I think uh, the stat was the Soviets outscored the United States uh, ratio of four to one during the years leading up to that Olympics. Boston outscored Buffalo four and a half to one. So even leading oh. up. But yeah. Buffalo, you guys got beaten worse than the U.S. did by the Soviets. And you guys allowed more shots. Brienne made more saves, almost twice as many saves as Jim Craig did in that performance. So what, what's your feeling on that? What, how, how do you compare it? Yeah, um, I, I think they're very similar with, with statistics and, and whatnot. Um, because I would say about 95% of the people that you asked in the stands on Sunday, if you asked them who was going to win, they would say Boston. Um, but we had one game, we had 60 minutes to prove that they could be beaten because they, New York had beaten them a few weekends before that we had beat New York. So we were feeling confident. We were feeling ready for, for anything. So, um, yeah, you can, you can compare it a a little bit, but, um, I think she just created her own, her own, uh, sheet to be on with that because I think this along with um, the Miracana ice will be talked about for a long time. Did, did uh, Rick Sealing and Craig Muni, did they, did they give you a Herb Brooks speech before the game? <laughs> no, they didn't. Um, just very calm and collected. Rick, uh, Rick always adds some, some good quotes in there and, he, he told us that we didn't have to be great all the time, just, um, just great when it matters. Just right now. You, so, you just have to be great so, now, no uh, pressure. Yeah, so <laughs> we went out during the weekend uh, with that kind of mentality that no matter what had happened during the regular season, we could be great now and still succeed. Well, that that's a very positive attitude, and uh, mm-hmm. hats off to them for formulating that kind of game plan. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, what about between periods going into the third period, you guys are up three to nothing, three to nothing over the Boston pride. And this is a team, the Boston pride that have come back multiple times this season against the, uh, riveters, uh, against the whale. Uh, you guys took them to overtime in a shootout. What, what was said between the second and third period, uh, to get you guys going, get you guys ready for the third um, not much of anything, just because we knew if we had collapsed for even one shift, they were going to capitalize on our mistakes. And we were doing everything we could to to have Bree see those pucks, to make sure we tried to clear out the front of the net. But um, it, it wasn't really – it was very calm in the locker room, very – very even line just because anything can happen. And we knew that Boston was a come from behind team. So um, we had to make sure that we were still putting the, putting our foot on the gas for the next 20 minutes. What about Emily Falzer? Okay. I saw Emily Falzer took at least two shots off the leg. Might've been in the same spot. Uh, Corrine Bowie took one off the hand, looked pretty brutal. Uh, can you speak to that level of sacrifice from your teammates? Yeah, it's the price you have to pay to, to ultimately get what you want. So 
actually before the game, Craig had come in and, and told us a story about one of his Stanley Cup runs and just about how when you see that a team wins, they're not celebrating. They're getting ice bags. They're getting treated by medical staff because that's how much sacrifice has to be put into that game. So, um, yeah, Emily Falls are blocked uh, a ton of shots, and, and I think a handful of people did because we talked on Monday and everyone was was beaten and bruised. So it's just the price that you have to pay to, to ultimately get what you want. How, how many bruises did you have after that game? Uh, I think I had two pretty good ones that I that I can recall. But again, when you when you're playing during that game, you don't think about that. You you kind of thrive off of off of feeling pain and and whatnot because you know that you're so close to something that you're not going to let anything stand in your way. Okay, Megan. One last question before I let you go. Uh, what are your plans for the Isabel Cup coming up? Yeah, I would love to take it back home um, to Chicago if I'm able just to, just to show my family and friends that, that have watched. And women's hockey and girls' hockey is growing tremendously out in the Chicagoland area. So maybe bring it to the local rink and, and have some girls and their families show up just to see um, that there is that there is professional women's hockey that you can get paid in. Um, to just have them look forward to something I think would bring a, a big smile to them and a big smile to me. So hopefully I can bring it back to Chicago and, and show it off there. Well, have fun. I'm sure all those girls are going to appreciate it out there. Thank you so much for joining us, Megan, and uh, congratulations on being an Isabel Cup champion. Thank you so much, and thanks for having me. Well, that'll about do it. Thank you so much to Megan Bozik for joining us on our first ever broadcast of the Fifth Star Podcast the NWHL's official podcast. I am your host, Moose Daniels. You can reach out on Twitter, at the Moose Daniels, and via email, moose at nwhlhq.com. Thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Peace! Peace!